We love the game of football. You do, your viewers. It, you know, there's 53 men on, on a roster in the NFL. I always like to say that I was number 54. Had I been drafted or had a shot in the NFL, which that dream did not come true, you know, I got to tell you, I would have loved to have played for the XFL if the XFL was around when I was coming out of college. Yay! Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Mike Witt or Kenny Rogers, the answer to Angels who pitched a perfect game. So congrats to a lucky caller. Well, not lucky, knowledgeable caller. Sure. Or fast Googler. It's supposed to be Michael Witt or is the winner Michael? The winner's Michael. <laughs> what is written underneath it? I don't know. It's a little scribble. Don't worry about it. <laughs> The picture of calm. I forgot having a couple of days off. What the studio is like with Ari. It's a picture of calm and distractions. It's awesome. Mike Witt, Kenny Rogers. You just. I mean, you, can't just, you remember that? You remember Mike Witt? You were like, oh, perfect game, history. I remember a lot of them. Sure, all twenty-three of them. Sure. Okay. I had Witt. I forgot about Kenny Rogers actually. Ari has now blocked all the lines as he does. If you want to call in and just make a comment on the show, you cannot. Ari's made that decision. No phone t- calls ever again. I want to take a photo of the board. Just be like, what is earth? What on earth did he write? On the board? That should be the next trivia question. What did Ari? What is this that Ari tried to write? It's there's like a half Sponsored of an M. There's a couple of dots. I don't know what he's doing. Hmm. It happened. A co- it did happen a couple times. You want to know? Since this while you this? hold on, while you were not here, that Ari would like start writing stuff on the board while I was talking, and I would be like, ah, "I don't know. What you're, I don't know. Don't what worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's for me half the time. Complete distraction. It's a nightmare. <laughs> well, now that we've opened this, yeah, I'd what like is to it? tell what you, you what happened. I, what is an M and a colon? After he told me the winners, Steve, I started to write Mike, and then he's like, "Oh, I texted you the winners." So. There you go. I stopped yeah, so writing. You, uh, you, you, you were writing. I stopped. Let's say it correctly. You were writing down the dudes who pitched a perfect game. Correct. Because you needed a reminder. But I did text it to you. So that's how we're very streamlined here. Okay. He knew the answer about eight seconds before okay. he had answered the phones. Good enough. Now you all know. Football frenzy time. <laughs> but in the flow of the show, we just come up with trivia questions. Sure. Because you were insisting earlier that perfect games are known by everybody. Okay, let's go. Every prize we give out this no, week no, will said, be something to do with a perfect game. I said perfect games are more rare than championships. You said they're more important. Well, because they're more rare. They're, that doesn't mean Less more people important. have perfect games than no have one, championships. No one cares that Mike Witt threw a perfect game except Mike Witt and his family. It's a trivia question Clayton on the radio Kershaw show. finishes his career with five championships. That's going to be massive for his legacy, especially after the beginning of his career was filled with lots of three-inning, seven-run performances no, in the playoffs. No radio show in the country is doing trivia. Who was the staff on the 1974 whatever championship team? Because nobody, if you win a title, you win, like teams win titles every single year. Perfect games happen once every, what, six years on average? That's a good point. In the Baseball Hall of Fame, no one says that guy wasn't a winner. Yeah. You could be on a crap team most of your career. Do winners get the extra benefit, though, 
of getting into the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't think anyone state is kept out because they didn't win championships. Because we know in the NFL, there's, I think, way too much talk about that stuff. No, but I do We've think— We've got so many ordinary, slightly above-average quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame who were surrounded by unreal cast, and they're in over guys who are better than them. Like, when Eli Manning gets in, Phillip Rivers has no shot. Phillip Rivers was a better quarterback. No, but I That's think— That's a the, fact. Well, I think NFL is—it's it's Super Bowl gives you that— Edge, right? Winning the Super Bowl. And, I, and to your point, in baseball, it's more playing in a big market gives you that edge. That's a good point, too. Yeah. As I said, if Derek Jeter played for, you know, whatever team, the Kansas City Royals his whole career, he would be, a, oh, yeah, that good shortstop guy that played with Kansas City forever. He'd get in on his eighth try. Right. After every other person, you yeah. know, had been exhausted and he better have more than 3,000 hits. But because he was on the Yankees... Yes. He's Derek Jeter. A winner. Clutch. Because he's on the Yankees, we forget that he was pretty limited in his range. Sure. <laughs> Truly a third baseman who was playing short and then right. was too selfish to move over. Exactly. When A-Rod was a better shortstop. But we could do this all day. Of course. And I'm a Yankee fan. But that did always drive me nuts about Derek Jeter. The Rock talking about the XFL. I like that point. The oh, Rock yeah. was kind of a fringe guy. For the National Football League, uh, an XFL or a USFL, don't say that that second one around the rock because he owns the XFL and they're coming back. So Vince McMahon finally, like, it's it's a good idea, but he, he sucks. And it was also terrible timing. Kind of kills your whole thing when the economy tanks and sure. you've got COVID going on. So he's taking over. What do you think he's going to do with this league? Do you think there's a chance that he does kind of deliver on what he was setting up in Ballers? No. I mean, you don't I think he'll do it? I wish. You don't think he'll try to he'll try to coax high school kids and freshmen to come to his league? No, I don't think so. Right? Wasn't that the one of the storylines in Ballers that there was a you know, kid Allow. being legally recruited and uh, then he flipped out on the NCAA, he gets banned? Like I'll start my own league. The show coming back. I hope so. Um, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. And, and here, the other issue that they have, like I think that there is absolutely, positively, one hundred percent room for an NFL development league. Yeah, but new leagues are starting up every year. We, all, I think, we only need one league. Right. We need to figure out a way to have a developmental league. Right. Where teams can have, you know, maybe, maybe if it's an eight-team league, four teams share. A developmental league where they, you know, pool their players like, hey, we want to get a look at this running back, this receiver. Like, I think there is room for that. I think it would do pretty well. But because there's all these competing, you know, there's USFL starting this weekend. XFL is coming up soon, which, by the way, now they're being sued by, like, more people. Now now they, they're, you know, their logo looks a little bit too much like the uh, Sue Bird company. So they're getting sued there. Um, there, you know, there's lawsuits coming from all over the place, which happens. There's the spring league. There's the fan controlled football. There's like all these other things that are going on. Like there's no cohesive strategy to have that league. And I think the XFL maybe could have been, they could have done that way. But I, I think also people will just watch football. Like I, I was looking through the rosters for the USFL. I'm like, know that guy. I want to see him play. I want to see him play. That's cool. BJ Emmons preseason hero for the Raiders last year. He's playing in the USFL. Like. Those are the kind of guys like they can get a look, they can then make it onto the NFL, but there's like just no cohesive strategy to make that a developmental league. I'm surprised you didn't respond to my high school 
or freshman threat with the joke, but reality that like Arch Manning, Cooper's kid, nephew of Eli and Peyton, is probably going to get three million minimum to play one year of college. Not one year, but probably three million a year to play college football for three years. Oof. Spencer James is working on that too, right? Um, well, but but also, well, we'll see because I think with and it's a, a totally different issue but with Nick Saban now kind of speaking out against it. We'll see where NIL develops in terms. But of he's speaking football. out against it after he bragged about how much Bryce Young was going to make last year. Yeah. So wait, the fact that other people have now built up the funding. And can compete for these quarterbacks. Now, he what happened? I think that to a degree he's right because what he, what he is saying, and sorry to spiral it, is that he's saying, and and you're you're right to that degree too of like, hey, Alabama's gonna have the most resources, so the guys that go there are gonna get paid the most because they're they bring in the most. And it, if it stayed that way, it would be it would continue to be a great boon for Alabama. What he's saying is, it wasn't supposed to be. You can just raise money at this small school and buy a player. Why not? But that's what the market dictates. That's the so, way. Yeah. That's actually the way it should be. Yeah, college. I mean, the problem college football. That's not. First of all, that's not going to happen. So a great quarterback or running back or whatever, you know, a one-off guy or two guys may go to a smaller school. They're not. They're not going to get eight. You're not going to have a Gonzaga of football. I think at some point you could. Can you have a? I don't know if you can. Quarterback does make a big difference, though. Oh, yeah. Makes a big difference. So yeah. You can have a great quarterback and, and take a, you know, a six-win group of five team. All of a sudden, could be a 10-win team that can threaten people. Yeah. And if so, if somebody just gets stupid, it's like, I don't know, well, Mark Cuban's Indiana. That's a Big Ten school. But look, let's say Mark Cuban is just <laughs> like, yeah, we're making Indiana power. Uh, every player that comes here gets $10 million. Let's go. Every player seems a little high, but. Well, every starter. And then. And then he could go to the school and be like, "Hey, I want a cut of that BCS money too." So let's let's work this out. Like, th- th- I think that is the kind of thing where he's where Saban's starting to be like, "Okay, wait, this is not what we're <laughs> not what it's supposed to be." But it kind of is what it's supposed to be. Could Arch Manning get more in three years of playing college football than Lamar has guaranteed in his contract? Which you say is what only twenty five million of the hundred and forty. We'll get into that. We'll talk about car giving. To the organization, because you really did with this extension. If you didn't hear, he signed an extension. It's worth upwards of $141 million if all of it is delivered. Caleb Herring played quarterback at UNLV. Our football analyst on Wednesdays is on the way. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Derek Carr's underrated. Me too. I agree. Why? Because David Carr stunk. Because every once in a while he lays an absolute egg as well. Like he went to New York and got crushed by the Giants last year for no reason at all. Well, and also I think Patrick Mahomes is in his division. It's not as if the Raiders have really like won anything. Yeah, so that's probably all the reasons why. But I think he's unbelievable. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Matt McAvee says that Derek Carr is blank and unbelievable. Who was the mumbling guy? Was that a producer? Or that was an agent. Uh, Some of the tone. tone. Tone, I think, is uh, he's like best friend from growing up. He just kind of threw him on the show. Are, are you not chiming in? Vast Sound Crew grabbed that one. We appreciate it. Okay. So we're talking about the Derek Carr contract. Again, congrats to Derek Carr. He's got an extension. We're We're still trying to figure out what the extension actually means in terms of what the Raiders are bound to and what Carr gets. 
But right now, the early indications are that Raiders did really well here, and Raiders fans should be freaking thrilled. Caleb Herring is with us. He played the position at UNLV, calls the games for the Rebels. Caleb, how you doing, buddy? I'm I'm doing better. I'm doing better today. Um, could be a lot better, but I'm doing good. How about you guys? We're good. Uh, here's the thing. I'm getting more and more confused on how we're supposed to talk about this Derek Carr extension because I don't really know what's in the extension. Adam, do you want to explain it to the audience and then get Caleb's reaction? So, what's guaranteed here? Uh, twenty-five million right okay. now. Um, is guaranteed, which is, well, I guess technically it'll be 32. And like, this is all crazy. It's all right. There's so many numbers and, and numbers behind numbers. So but when does the full 141 get guaranteed? Like Deshaun Watson's never wait. What? Never. Basically it's a one year deal. No. Yeah. It can't be the one year deal for this year, which you already, which you already what had. It's a mean? bonus. Wait a it's, second. It's a raise for this year and a $7.5 million signing bonus. And a raise for this year to twenty five million. Okay, so it's like thirty two and a half million. And that's guaranteed. Okay, I mean it's a lot of money, right, Caleb? But it does seem maybe we don't have all the details. Maybe that's just it. Yeah, there's there's got to be more details than that. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's be. excited about it. There, there there can't just be a, a one year thing because I mean he's super excited about staying in Vegas, and I mean he keeps saying about how he was serious about not wanting to play for anybody else. So for him to be as excited and gung ho about this thing as he is, that that would be the first indicator that you know he's 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 getting more than just a year extension, well, basically. Uh, and it's not it's not like you know the NBA contracts where hey that's a celebrated thing where you take your control your own destiny or your own fate and want to you know experience the market of free agency next year. I, so I don't. There has to be more to it. I I, I was seeing some things about um, there being a no trade clause as well. Um, within the deal, which is like kind of a big deal because then at least if this is a more than a year extension, if this is three, four years down the road, then the ability to to have that no trade clause, I think, sews up a lot of the rumors that have constantly swirled around Derek Carr about him being shipped off somewhere else. So I think that's a big deal too. But I, like you said, I, we don't have all the details. There has to be more to it. Um, I'm assuming there's more. And for whatever reason, the Raiders are keeping it under wraps and not telling everybody. Um, we should get Adam Scheffner on the on this to see if he. Can uh, let's let's um, give him a little bit of a break right now. He's not he's not exactly in a in a position uh, right now to be speaking on with. anything with an instant reaction. Absolutely. So um, yeah, I, but there's got to be more to it. I, all in either way, I'm excited about the the, the prospects of Derek Carr being extended. And from what I see, um, not for the big price tag that we're seeing some of these other quarterbacks get, which. For Derek individually may be a, a a negative, but I think for team building and the right thing to do, it is absolutely the right thing to do to be to come in under I guess what the new market for quarterbacks has been set at. I'm going to be careful with how I'm saying this exactly, but hopefully you understand where I'm going. When contracts are really favorable for a player, usually you hear about it, and it's usually not from the team that talks about it. You know what I'm saying? I think I, I Wait, think what? I'm tracking. I think I'm tracking. I don't. I I mean that was some. Uh, so when some, a when a con- when a contract is really player friendly or really good for a player, usually the details will leak out immediately, and it's not from the team. So I, I mean, it makes sense what you're saying. So <laughs> yeah. his agent probably says we we landed this huge deal, and then it gets out through third party sources that the, that this. 
this deal is so great. Um, but like that's I, what like you're you saying. Said, I think that's that, what you're saying. That, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I guess I don't. I I tried to put it together. <laughs> um, but I, I I just I I don't see. I understand why the Raiders would play. It's like with, when Tom Brady signed a contract. You, nobody really knew, or I guess cared to know the details of it because it was you know more franchise friendly. It wasn't a, a breaking news headline. This player just got paid, and the extension wasn't necessarily about the player. It was about what that meant for that franchise or that organization. So I think that's what the case is here. I think they were probably a little bit more conservative with the contract with Carr um, when we get the full details of it. Um, and that's probably why we don't have the full details of it because it's it's more organizationally friendly, um, this deal. So, But like I said in the beginning, all in all, I think for the fans of the Raiders, uh, I think this having Carr and having the quarterback position sewed up for the next few years is I think the with the roster as it is right now is the best thing you can do now. Obviously, the focus goes to offensive line and, and sure enough, the defensive secondary. Give me your reaction to one of the UNLV quarterbacks going into the transfer portal. Doug Brumfield goes in just yesterday. Looked like it was going to be a three-headed monster. Now it's down to two. And there's an incoming freshman who I think will be in the battle for time eventually. Yeah, I, I'm – I'm not shocked about the transfer portal. And I think that that part of it is people transferring. Um, that's just the new trend, right, in, in college football and basketball. Um, but what I'm shocked about is the timing. And it's for Steve Jenkins as well, who entered the, the portal, I believe, last week. Um, it, it's the timing. Uh, UNLV is having a late spring practice, a spring session here, um, where a lot of programs have already finished up their spring ball. Um, so to transfer out now, you're putting yourself behind the curve on um, this is for Doug and for Jenkins and, and for anybody who, who's transferring now, what would be like midway through the semester, um, to transfer now, you're, you're going to put yourself behind the, the curve when it comes to learning the next offense, um, getting into the, whatever place you transfer to, um, as well as giving the program a chance to adapt or adjust to your absence now. Um, and that, you know, you can't be thinking about the, the, that when you're transferring, but this is one of the things I, I don't, the timing shocks me. I, I, I understand possibly, you know, just wanting a better opportunity to play somewhere else, but because of the timing, because, you know, spring ball has just started. Um, and because this new quarterback and you're going to have to compete for a job to transfer out at this time, you can only infer from the outside looking in that the competition played a part in why he decided to leave now. Um, so that's my only, you know, the only peculiar thing about the transfer portal is the timing of it. If it, if this was, I, I, I've told you this, um, in private, uh, Steve, if this was like the Jacoby Winman transfer, when he's like immediately after season, he's gone and he's moving on to things and, and, and trying the portal out. Then I understand that. I completely say that's all about a personal decision. You, you see an opportunity elsewhere, go get yours. But the timing of this one just makes it a little bit strange to me. I've seen uh, Jenkins so far offered by, uh, I know Grambling was kicking the tires and Southern Utah. Brumfield's going to, there's a good chance that he could land with a Power 5 program, right? Yeah, I did think the Power 5 was look, heavily interested in him coming out of high school. I, I wouldn't say necessarily to uh, to the degree that you know, the big time names across the country were, but I think out of high school, he had interest and there's a lot of contacts and connections that he, that he has, um, through the, you know, his recruiting process being fairly recent. 
Um, there's a lot of contacts I'm sure he still has maintained. So when they saw his name in the transfer portal, there's some interest. On top of that, now he has college film where he's actually been on film in college. Not much, but on film in college, performing well against Power 5 schools, like when he had the ASU game and he played well. So I, I, I think his skill set, his potential, uh, his body, his frame, some of the the the, uh, the things that he has physically just gifted-wise, um, I think will definitely turn some heads in the Power 5. Um, not going to say it's guaranteed because nothing is, and that hasn't been the trend for anybody outside of one Jacoby women who transfers out to, to go up. Um, but I, I say it's possible. And I, I say that in all seriousness for Doug, seriousness for Doug, because he is a talented quarterback and I would have loved to see him reach his potential as a rebel. Um, but you know, he's moved on and gone on to better things. And as I've said with everybody that moves on and gone and is trying out their luck, uh, wish him the best of the luck in, in all his future endeavors. Talk about how hard it is as a quarterback when you may not be the coach's guy. And I, I don't I don't have details yet, maybe never will have them, on Arroyo and and Brumfield, um, in terms of their, you know, how they got along. But, you know, over time Arroyo brought in Justin Rogers and Rogers got the start last year in, in game number one, and I, I was a little surprised by that. Um he's recruited a freshman quarterback locally. He brought in Harrison Bailey from Tennessee. Friel is one of his guys. How tough is it to overcome, you know, that initial start when you're not his guy? And again, I know people like people are going to say, "Well, Arroyo was here when Brumfield came in, but Brumfield was really a Sanchez recruit." And if you remember that, I think it was like 12 commits, Caleb. He blew out. He didn't blow out. He just didn't, you know, pick up like 10 of them. Brumfield was one of the guys who made it through. Yeah. So speaking from personal experience, it, there definitely is like a lack of trust um, that you feel when you, you're you never really dubbed the guy by the coach. Like you, you never really got the full recruitment where, you know, like you said, with Sanchez, I'm sure with Doug, there was probably a lot more roses thrown at his feet, a lot more visions of the future with him as, as the guy. Um, so if you weren't recruited by someone, by a coach or a staff, you definitely feel that, I guess, lack of trust is the best way I can put it. Um, and I, from personal experience, I know that I, it happened to me. Uh, this was a part of my uh, recruitment or my experience at UNLV where, you know, the coaching staff that I played under wasn't necessarily the staff that recruited me. Um, so you don't feel the trust. And, and that's a big part of playing quarterback. You have to trust everything that's being fed to you. You have to trust that, you know, you have the confidence of your coaching staff and your teammates um, that you're going to make the play, that you're the guy. And Doug never having that could definitely play a big part. And especially when you constantly see um, the intro introduction of new different guys to your position group, as if for some reason you're not good enough. Um, and it's almost impossible at a young age to not take that personally. Um, and it's the business of football that people talk about um, all the time and the competition that's involved in that business of football um, that it's, it's never ending. And every year there's going to be a new guy coming in for your spot. Um, as, a, as a freshman or as a transfer these days. So you're going to have to be able to, to stick it out with that competition. I, I, and I just, you know, the, the, I, I, I'm, I was a fan of the transfer portal and giving people, players, more control over their, uh, their, their destinies, I guess. But these are the side effects. I mean, I think we're losing, losing a sense of the get better mentality that I think was very important. Like um, there's, there's, there's try somewhere else, but then there's always get better as well. And I think just because, you know, the grass looks greener from where you're standing now doesn't mean it always is. And I think um, I think players need to realize first, 
before transfer pro becomes a thing did i do everything to be the best i can be and to compete at the level that i need to be competing so that you know whoever comes through that door i'm confident in my position as a starter at this program um i don't think that's being looked at enough by the people making these decisions to transfer um but again that's part of giving them the responsibility and allowing that decision to be made we're, we're going to see some people i think maybe pull the trigger prematurely and and fizzle out and elsewhere in their careers and that's just going to be a casualty of this transfer portal well i guess how long uh, is it, it, it there is a deadline pressure right of hey i'm gonna stick here and fight it out because you hear you know I, I know i know arroyo said it yesterday you know some guys won't fight the way that harrison bailey has to catch up and he's raising the level of everybody and you know i think one of the quotes uh directly was some guys will see that competition and just hit the brakes and i think he already knew brumfield was leaving so maybe it was referring to him a little bit but like if you say like hey stay and fight and try to win well that could take two years now you only have a certain amount of time in your career, right? To to win, so there there is kind of that challenge of yeah, I'm I'm up to the challenge. I'm going to try to win this, but if it takes you two years to do that, you're throwing away half your career. Yeah, that and that that definitely is the challenge. You're up against the clock, four or five years of eligibility, right? That you have, um, you definitely have to keep that in mind, and I think that obviously goes into it. But with that, the time sensitivity of it also should be apparent just in general i mean you have to work on wherever you're at i mean you you transfer early on as a freshman or sophomore or whatever and you get out quick you still have to work with a limited amount of time to get better because let's face it if you're transferring out of of university for competition reasons like if you're not the clear-cut starter the best player on that team and you know you're not transferring to go somewhere better instantly Again, I'm a reference to Kobe women because I think his use of the transfer portal is the ideal use of it. Um, but if you're transferring out and you weren't officially the starter, I mean, like you did. And let's just be fair, be honest about it. Doug wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season. A lot of us understood he probably was better than Rodgers, but he wasn't the UNLV quarterback to start the season here. So out if you're not that, um, then you're still up against it because you have to declare or, or establish yourself as a starter somewhere else. The time doesn't reset when you transfer. It's, you know, that same four or five years that you're working with. And I think the reality is if you're transferring out because you're not the starter here, um, because you haven't been declared the starter here, you have to really look at the mirror and say, if my time window is, let's say, the draft or being ready for the NFL, if I'm transferring from a college for that reason, then the NFL or that time limit shouldn't even be a part of my calculus. I'm not thinking NFL. Maybe I'm thinking I just want to go somewhere and play. And yeah, I could I could transferred down and that's fine a lot of people do that because they just want to play maybe their aspirations aren't the nfl it's just to get on the field and play and then in that instance it, it's you know a completely personal decision but i have a feeling that doug's not one of those guys who doesn't see himself playing at the next level and he's going to be looking to to make a leap to play and perform and get some heads turned at the nfl level caleb good job feel better we'll talk to you all right guys thanks i appreciate you there he is caleb herring yeah it's a it's a weird deal did you expect it? I mean, I've expected somebody. You can't have 11 quarterbacks. Oh, you could have carried all three into next year. Based on what happened last year, <laughs> you needed like five last year. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think you could have as a team, as, as a school, you can yeah, yeah. you can have as many as you want. I just mean as a as guys that think they they that they should be playing. Right. 
There's only so many. And quarterback, it's so aggressive out there to bring in transfer quarterbacks yeah. for depth that there's going to be somewhere. Hell, in conference, if I were, I don't know, Utah State or even Reno, you know, Reno's got uh, Hugh Millen's kid, who's a pretty big recruit, but, you know, they're trying to replace Carson Strong as one of their all-time players at the position. Um, be interesting if someone else reached out to him in conference. I think he can play. Um, I thought it was weird with Brumfield that, well, first of all, he he went out for the season on kind of a weird injury where he hurt himself, supposedly going to the weight room. Like, he may have been close to coming back. Uh, the, the last season was weird with him because I'd watch him on the practice field, and you could see, like, he he wasn't 100%. Like, people every week it was like, you know, game-time decision. I'm like, he can barely move. Like, you could see he was jacked up and moving kind of moving around and kind of, you know, ginger fashion. Um, I thought it was weird. There were a couple of road games when he was hurt where he wasn't there. And I'm like, he was the starting quarterback after he took over for Rodgers. He's not at the game? Like, don't you want your, your potential starting quarterback to – Watch games and when I don't know if we've talked about this on the air, but I, I know Caleb was very big on wanting to be involved, you know, when he was younger in calling the place or at least standing next to the person who was calling the place. Like, there's a flow to the game, you want to see what's going on. And I was like, he's not here. I thought that was weird. And, um, could be an injury thing too, though. I mean, it, I, I agree it may you. have been, it may have been, um, you know, and then. Listen, the way he described the injury at the beginning of spring, it sounded like a pretty serious injury. The other thing in football, and it happens in basketball too, Adam, that football, there's always this thing about, you know, are you really injured? Can you come back and help? I'm not, I think it was a serious injury, but there's always this kind of, you know, test, how hurt are you? Yeah, and, and I, we saw Friel get you know broken again. I'm not suggesting that it wasn't a real injury; it was. Um, and then I also wonder, like, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to the other work the quarterback has to do. There's a lot of work to be done, and the classroom stuff. We'll also throw on top of this: there's a new OC, so he's trying to you know break in with another offensive coordinator. Well, and a lot of times I I think that injuries. All, very, very often become like a, a factor, like especially disagreement over injuries or, mm-hmm. you know, discussion about injuries and, you know, players. And we've seen it at the highest level, like Kevin Durant with the war, with the Warriors kind of issue. But Adam, I'll give you another local example. I, I don't think PJ Altsberger and Bryce Hamilton two years ago saw eye to eye on his injury. Yeah. Like I think there was some grumbling there. Like, what's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with the player? And, it, and, then, it, and then you you see him come back the next year and average you know nearly twenty five points a game in conference. And like, okay, looked like he was hurt to me. Right and again. And he sat, he sat, I think he sat at least one key game at Reno and he was hobbled and and there was something going on there for a while with the basketball coach and the best player. And I'm I'm not saying that that's what happened here or anything along those lines. Just more of a lot of times that miscommunication is what leads to you know when we when we talk about you know, trust and that sort of thing of, hey, why didn't this quarterback stick around and and fight? And again, not not specifically in this case, but if it's like, hey, why? Like he should have just said, look, I'm going to take this as a challenge. I'm third in the depth chart right now. Maybe I'm going to rise up. I'll be number two. And then maybe I'll be play, like something like that. But if you don't trust, if you don't have that trust and you had a disagreement over an injury and like they thought you should be back and you didn't, like if those things start to develop, 
then th- where is the trust? And where would the trust level be of, hey, like I believe that when they tell me something, it's true because we had this relationship before over, you know, what I was going through. Like those things do erode confidence and trust. And those things do break down. In a lot of cases around the country, those things do lead to guys leaving. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. We'll steer it away from food today. A little more lifestyle in the Fat Pack. I cannot keep up with all the good TV that's going on right now. I say that all the time. It's crazy. It's crazy how many good shows are out there. I'll get to Abbott Elementary in a bit. I didn't forget. Speaking of, wait, speaking of which, before we do that, did you ever watch the movie? No. Oh, okay. What movie? Oh, your movie that got me on well, DVD? Yes. No, I didn't, I didn't set up the DVD player yet. <laughs> do you realize anything that requires any sort of chore around the house is timelines probably four to six months. Well, you, you probably have like 15 DVD players. I have two, but obviously neither one of them is hooked up. Sure. I'll get to it. Okay. I'll get to it. Uh, keep, shows keep coming up, man. I, well, I know. There's I, one with... Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I started Euphoria. I got through the first episode, loved it, haven't got back to it yet. There's one with uh, Renee Zellweger is like a Midwest Karen. Holy crap. Unbelievable. Uh, but I went down a rabbit hole because I was just in a mood. I watched uh, between reading and watching. <laughs> you shouldn't say you're in a mood when you're about to say what you're about to say. Um, well, I was in a mood to learn. Because okay. here's the thing. First of all, I read the latest Joe Paterno story by ESPN.com, an awesome piece of journalism. Folks, you got to read it. It's going to take you forever to read it. Um, anyone who thought Joe Paterno was just an innocent bystander in the Jerry Sandusky stuff, this story just cements it. He was a creep. He was an absolute creep who didn't care about anything but winning at football and making sure his name stayed clean. It is a disgusting story that is up on ESPN.com about a football player that he brought in in 1978 who raped and sexually assaulted four different women at Penn State They covered it up. They did all they could to make sure the news didn't get out. That community is such a broken, I I still, I say present tense, was broken and is broken in terms of women's rights and protecting children. It is gross. And I'll leave it at that because I don't want to ruin it for you because the part I just mentioned isn't the worst part. Joe Pa is a horrendous or was a horrendous human being. And that brings us to Bill Cosby. You got to watch this Cosby documentary. It took me a couple of weeks to get onto it. Because I think what happens a lot of times when we're doing this day-to-day thing, like everyone out there, you're working, you don't get to pay attention as much as you want the stories. And then a lot of the most important information isn't out there until after. It's unreal. It is unreal. Kamal Bell did it. It's on uh, Showtime and Hulu. Awesome. And then there's this other one that's almost like a mere deal. Just the victims are a little bit different on this guy, Jimmy Savile, who was basically like, I don't know, the Ryan Seacrest of England for 50 years. Horrendous, horrendous crimes. 
pick me up, right? I've well, heard. If you got time, watch it. It is because there's similarities with all of them. And in, in the Paterno case, he's he's essentially the person around a Cosby or around this Jimmy Savile who you're like, you could have done something about it. You were you were actually Paterno. You were the most powerful person in the situation. And you chose to take the easy path and enable the person. First of all, put some respect on that name. That's Sir James Savile. Which, which that, <laughs> if you watch it, that's a crazy part, too. We're talking about, I mean, Cosby was the same way. We're talking about people who were respected by the highest powers in the country while they were on a 30, 40, or 50-year run of violating people. When you, so I, I this is the one I think I'm going to watch. <laughs> I've Wednesday heard, afternoon sports talk radio. I've right? heard a lot about the. I just, uh, it was the the Paterno stuff. I actually I I finished three quarters of the Paterno story because every time I read a bit of it, I start to get so pissed off. Like oh. it's difficult to read, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm cutting you off. Guys. No, I was I have been I've been told by several people about the uh, the Sir James Saville. It's a story that I I am going to watch that one. But you said he was the Ryan Seacrest. I've heard him described as the Mr. Rogers of England. No, because um, he was a very quirky, kind of creepy guy. Okay. And when you watch the Cosby thing, uh, the Savile, they they leave crumbs along the way. Like almost like either they're showing off their hubris. They're they're so arrogant about what they're doing that they're kind of showing off. So they leave little hints, and then when you go back, you're like, oh, my God. They were kind of, like, giving a little indication that there was something going on. Well, like, the Cosby one was on the Cosby show. There was, like, a I, You know what? I did scene. not I did not remember that. Don't don't ruin it for people. No, well, I, I, I did not I, remember that I, moment. I didn't see it. I'm I, just I didn't saying, remember I know. that moment at all. There was an appearance with Larry King where you're like, whoa, he's doing this? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I just know so that you gotta, one. You got to watch it, and I know Ari yeah, will get to it man. about the time I get to Abbott Elementary. Yeah, because I, I mean, I I watched so few. Winning time, I watched right away. Uh, I fell behind on All American, caught up finally yesterday. Uh, so those those are mine. But I gotta, I've got to get on some of the other ones, and and certainly these uh, these documentaries are are on the list. And uh, man, once we get through the draft, we're gonna just be doing nothing but TV talk here. I'll be so caught up on everything. You think so? I think after the draft. <laughs> We'll see. Something else will come up. There'll be something else going going on that's crazy. Uh, if you missed it today, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game through seven. Dave Roberts pulled him. 80 pitches, and now we've got the showdown on social media, people getting on Dave Roberts. And um, I thought Colin Cowherd had a really interesting tweet. He said, the health and well-being of the athlete and his future is, believe it or not, more important than your enjoyment of his talent or the, quote, history of the game. What's wrong? But I thought you were. I thought you were. You thought you were thrown to break. On that. No, I, that was, I just wanted to throw like it out there because people are getting more, more, it's more so, and more it's, angry. Of course, more and more angry. Of course, but, you're you're the one who backed. Well, you you're kind of saying it sarcastically. I think that hey, baseball baseball needs all the entertainment or entertaining uh, moments it can get. No, no, I think, like to actually do something for the fans. That's the that's give the them a moment. No, that that's that's not what I. That's not my thing. Usually, I I just thought um, it was an interesting counter argument to. The rational, sane thought of yeah, I think the playoffs are more important. I think not blowing out his arm is more important. I think, and as I mentioned, it's not you know you don't want to go full Johan Santana and have a hey, great job, no hitter, but your career is over. Um, you don't want to do that. And if I'm pretty sure that even the Dodgers fans that would have been thrilled to watch Clayton Kershaw make history 
enter the history book. Still a perfect game. If then, you know, three months from now, they're like, that'd be nice to have Clayton Kershaw as the, as the starting pitcher. That'd be nice. But we did get that perfect game. Like, I think they would take that trade. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. At the end of the day, I want to be a Raider. I am crazy enough to go out there on one year, and especially with the guys that are going to be around me, I said, I'll, I'll take that chance, you know, you know and see, see what happens. But for me, I, I am a little bit different, you know, in the way that I think and the way that I view this business. And I know not a lot of people view it the same way I do. I mean, you see guys wanting to get out and leave places all the time because it's too hard or it's not the right situation and all that kind of stuff. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Derek Carr on the way back uh, signs a contract. We're still trying to figure out what the terms of the deal are in terms of guaranteed money. The Athletic just uh, sent out the message a little earlier. Raiders have, quote, technically only committed to Derek Carr for one more season. But it finalizes their all-in approach to 2022. So we'll build on that. We've got NBA playoffs going on right now. The play-in round, you got 9 and 10 in both of these matchups tonight. Atlanta up on Charlotte, 41 to 33. Eight minutes left. In the first half, um, some reaction to that Clayton Kershaw perfect game being pulled after 80 pitches. People are all pissed off, mostly boomers, mostly older folks. Reggie Jackson chimed in, some older radio hosts as well. Reggie, the Colin Cowherd tweet the health and well being of the athlete and his future, believe it or not. Let me get it correct. The health and well being of the athlete and his future is, believe it or not, more important than your enjoyment of his talent or the history of the game. Uh, one fella, person, something, on Twitter said, uh, yes, because the 34-year-old lock first ballot Hall of Famer is definitely at significant risk of injury if he pitches another 20 or 30 pitches and then kind of throws that emoji face like, are you kidding me? This is part of why I and probably a lot of people like me don't even watch baseball anymore. Really. Because you need to see perfect games. I need to see special moments. I don't know. Bellinger and Lux hit back-to-back home runs. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and, and You're I not watching because there's not enough perfect games? Well, I don't even necessarily think they're talking about perfect games. I I will say uh, the guy I referenced earlier uh, actually responded to Colin Coward's tweet, uh, a friend of ours who, uh, again, is making the case about you know this magic 100-pitch number but it's really not about that. It's about Clayton Kershaw basically saying, like, I didn't have a spring training because they locked us out. So that's where I'm at. And I, I don't think when they say this is why I don't watch baseball anymore, I mean, I think it's stupid. I think it's a dumb take. But I don't think it's because there's no perfect games. I think it's they're, what they're saying is I'm going to tune in because I want to see Clayton Kershaw against Carlos Correa. And I want to see it four times. That's why I'm watching a game. I'm not watching a game to see lefty come in against lefty. And they're trying to fix some of that stuff. But I'm I'm there to watch a team play a team. I'm there to watch strategy play itself out. I don't have to see Clayton Kershaw against Carlos Correa four times. I want to see the Dodgers try to get Carlos Correa out four times. That's what I'm watching for. But I think there are people that are more simple-minded that are just like, give me starting pitcher against that guy. It's silly. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN.